Good morning. Our Holy Gospel today is from the sixth chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 20. Glory to you, O Lord. And looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well now, for you will go hungry. Go, go, woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to pray with me the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together this morning. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Taking a little bit of pastoral liberty today, I'm not really necessarily preaching on any particular passage today. I'm just going to preach on All Saints Sunday. This day in the life of the church has become for me a day in which I try to take some time to do some, I call it, reflective rec recollection. It's time for me, and hopefully it's time for you too, to take an inventory of all the saints in your life. Those people who have either been the nearness of the kingdom of God or who have given me a glimpse into what the kingdom of God is. I know that as I grow older, I, I think this has always been true for me, but I know that as I'm getting older, I am coming to the realization that I enjoy, or I should say I prefer, I prefer to be in the company of those who challenge me, or who help me to reflect what it might mean for me to live a kingdom of God life. I'm not sure what that means for you, but I think it's something for us to consider, what it means to live a kingdom of God life, because for me, that kind of company, and that kind of fellowship is what I consider to be life-giving. I want to be around people who are life-giving, there is so much happening in our world today that just brings us down. Just look at all the political commercials that are on TV for the last umpteen days. 
I'm so sick and tired of watching that, I just want to shut the TV off. And you know, most people are. Most people have just shut their TVs off because it's not worth listening to anymore because it's simply not life-giving. And I prefer to be around people who challenge me and help me to reflect what it means to live a kingdom of God life because that is kingdom-giving. It's life-giving. So what about those persons? What about those persons who are or who have been the nearness of the kingdom of God in your life? What was it about them that caused them to give you a sense that they were a kingdom person, that they were living within this saintliness life? Was it a gesture or was it simply a sense of presence? One of the persons that I think of is I think of Pastor Dan Erlander. He was the summer of 1983 when I was up at Holden Village up in the Cascade Mountains of Washington State. Dan Erlander was the village pastor that summer. Actually, he'd been there for quite some time. He'd been the village pastor there for a a couple of years. There was just something about being in his presence. There was just something about being around him that was just calm and peaceful. It was as if there was this godly presence with him around. Whenever he spoke, he spoke with kind of this gentle spirit and this poetic voice that just gave me a sense that I was in the presence of God. Not that he was God, don't get me wrong. It's just that somehow his very presence through his life, it exuded for me the presence of God. As you consider those persons in your life, what was it about them? Was it, a, was it an embrace? Was it a tender smile? Was it or is it a challenging question or a perspective that helps you to see more clearly or to ask deeper, more life-giving questions? I had the opportunity this week to sit in on a live stream seminar that was presented uh, by David Loos. I've quoted David Loos many times. He is uh, the senior pastor, the lead pastor at Mount Olivet Lutheran Church in Minneapolis. It's one of the largest congregations in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. I believe it has in excess of 12,000 members. Can you even imagine what that must be like to be in a congregation with over 12,000 members? But I had this opportunity to be sitting in on this live stream seminar And he made the observation that so many of the messages that we hear today are not life-giving. That some of those messages include that you are what you own. And if you listen to that long enough, you are what you own. And then just all of a sudden, well, then I gotta buy this, and 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 I gotta have that, and I gotta have that, and I gotta have that. And eventually it becomes unsustainable. And people find themselves in endless amounts of debt. Some people even face bankruptcy because they've been listening to that message, you are what you own. Another prominent message today is that image is everything. How I look, how I dress, 
how I present myself. Image is everything. What is social media doing with our young people today? Oh, you got to take that photo. You got to take that selfie. You got to show somebody else what you look like. You know, it becomes an obsession. Image is everything. Or another prominent message today is there is not enough. And the one that we most hear most prominently and most prevalently today is you should be afraid. That's how most of our politicians, regardless of whether you're Democrat or Republican or Independent, it doesn't matter. That's how most of our politicians prepare their message today. They instill fear in us. You should be afraid. And yet, scriptural quotation, be not afraid, is quoted over 120 times in the Bible. Be not afraid. What is one of the phrases that Jesus uses most often when he encounters people? Be not afraid. That's why I prefer to be in the company of those people who are giving me and challenging me to be life-giving, to help me ask those deeper, more life-giving questions, who are, I want to be in the presence of people who give me a sense of calm and peace and have the presence of God. As you reflect upon those saintly people in your life, perhaps it's a word of wisdom or perhaps it's simply sitting in the presence of wisdom or it was a word of encouragement. It was someone who you sat with or that sat with you in your time of grief. For me, the nearness of God and the presence of saints in my life, it's something as simple as a conversation between old friends. I have a couple of close friends that I keep in touch with by phone on a regular basis. And there's something about those conversations that feels like a fellowship with another saint. Now don't get me wrong, I just want to explain that in the sense that one of the things that makes our conversations feel as though we are in the presence of another saint is the fact that we have shared a common God experience in our life from the past and that keeps us connected even now. We share a common bond, we share a common God sighting or a common Jesus encounter that binds us and unites us with a shared faith. And that's what it's like when I have conversations with my two best friends because we have a saintly experience together that bonds us. I sometimes wonder if those various people are placed into our lives to perhaps plant a seed I, I would venture to say that most of you here in, at Mount Olive know Suzanne Waldron. And whenever Suzanne and I would have conversations and whenever we would part from our conversations, she would always say to me, bless you, my child. How many here can hear Suzanne Waldron saying that? Bless you, my child. Yeah. And then, of course, one of our living saints today, 99 years young, Belle, who always greets you with, well, hi, come on over here and give me a hug. And then she places that holy kiss on your cheek. How many of you here have received that hug and holy kiss from Belle? Well, you're missing out, folks. 
You better get over to Belle's house and visit her because that's the first thing she's going to say to you is, well, hi, come on over here and give me a hug. You're missing out. Or how many of you here remember Artie, Artie Melbourne, who had a smile that you could see coming 100 feet away? But it was more than just a smile. It was because deep down inside, she had a faith in Jesus that ran deep, that gave her so much joy. I think about Pastor Nyer, my internship pastor, who taught me so much about who Jesus is with his sense of inclusive love for all people, especially for those living on the fringes of life. It was not uncommon for Pastor Nyer to literally walk the streets of the inner city of Seattle and just encounter people one-on-one, one person at a time. He taught me how to do that. And believe it or not, I started spending a lot of time on the streets of Seattle myself. Or my good friend Dick, fellow camp director, friend of mine. We've been, we've been good friends, brothers in Christ, for 50 years now. Wow, it's hard to believe. Well, not quite that long, 45 years. Okay, 45. He's always reminded me of the gift and the beauty of nature. And he theologizes and making God connections through God and nature. He's always helping me to appreciate that even more. These are just a few people in my life who have brought the kingdom of God near to me through their life and witness. All of these relationships, these seed plantings, these blessings, have been made possible because of the one who binds us together, and that's Jesus Christ. So I just want you to take a few moments and just kind of let, let it sink in a little bit today and perhaps take some time to do some, some reflective recollection of those saints in your life. And think about the fact that none of these saintly encounters that you and I have experienced would have happened if it were not for the life of Jesus. God became one of us in the person of Jesus Christ and that one life has made all the difference in the world. It's made all the difference in the world for me, and I think you can say the same, that it has made all the difference in the world for you. You and I have been made holy by Christ through the sacrifice of his atonement on the cross, and it is a daily discipline and a privilege to remind ourselves that we are saved by grace through faith. I love that quote that was up on the screen last week who Martin Luther quoted, said, I preach that you are saved by grace through faith every single Sunday because we keep on forgetting it. It's a daily discipline and a privilege to remind ourselves that we are saved by grace through faith and that we remind ourselves that Jesus is the one that makes us holy. We are saints in the eyes of Christ and it has nothing, it has absolutely nothing to do with what we have done, but it has everything to do with what Christ Jesus has done and continues to do in and through us every day. In the life that we share with Christ, we are always being reminded and challenged and led by the Spirit and nudged to live a new kind of life, a kingdom life, each day. And we have been given tremendous gifts and talents and abilities to use our minds to imagine what it looks like for us to live a life from God's perspective. And it's not just what we imagine. It actually, we take what we imagine and it becomes a way of life for us. 
I don't remember if it was Pastor Al or somebody. Maybe it was, I think it was, I think it was David Lose who said it this week. He said that the early followers of Christ, they were not called Christians. They were called people of the way. That's what we are. We are people of the way. And we get to hang around with other people who are also people of the way that also encourage us on this walk so that we can go out into the world and be the people of the way with the people that we encounter in our daily walk. Yesterday, we gathered here in this sanctuary to celebrate and remember our sister in Christ, Nancy Went. And I reminded everyone who was here yesterday that today, this weekend, is All Saints Sunday and that we take some time to remember all those people in our faith community who have passed on this past year. But it is more than that. We also take the time to think of and reflect upon those people who have influenced us and touched us on our journey of faith, those who have been saints to us and given us a glimpse of the kingdom of God coming near in our lives through their witness, through their story, through their love and that grace because of what Christ has done in their lives. And you and I are still being called to carry that banner. You and I are still being called. And I know that's a word that doesn't meld well with Lutherans. Called also is another word for that is also, it's still our vocation to carry that banner. To love, to be there, to love and serve our neighbor. That's what it means to be, have a vocation in the Christian life is to serve freely our neighbor, what did I say? Neighbor and, well, you know, it's my, old, old, my, my old brain. Something that I find a little bit disturbing is that Pastor David Loos also, uh, one of the things that he spends a lot of time doing is he spends a lot of time um, reading research. And one of the research things that he has read and found out about because of some of the studies that have been done is that within the Protestant faith, and specifically in the Lutheran faith, a very, very small percentage of people in the Lutheran faith actually feel called to have a vocation. That's a little bit disturbing to me. I believe the number was less than 30%. I think that's something that really is worth us spending some time thinking about and processing what it means for us to love and serve our neighbor and to do it with a sense of freedom. There's more to it than just that. But the reality is you and I are still called. We have that vocation. Whether you believe it or not, whether it's something that's a part of your DNA, whether it's something that you connect with, we are still called to carry that banner. And it's through the transforming power of Christ's love in our lives that we do that, that we have the privilege and the opportunity to be that instrument of Christ's mercy in the world. That we are called and that we are sent to be those ordinary saints of God in the world. And let's perhaps take some time to think about what it means to be called and to be sent and to have a vocation to be ordinary saints in God's world. And so let us walk humbly with Jesus.
And may our lives reflect a glimpse of the kingdom of God coming near to those whom we have the privilege to touch with God's love and God's grace through our being, the people of the way. Amen. I invite you to join me as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace and tell what God has done. Thanks be to God.